it's like if someone broke into your house and stole something, you might not care about what, if they stole your TV, you might not care about the TV itself. It's just the fact that it happened, right? Someone invaded your, your space and took your stuff. This is C-Suite, the podcast where you'll hear stories from real people, leaders, and cybersecurity experts about how to stay connected and protected. Every episode, we'll explore different cyber challenges and highlight the many ways we can enhance our online security, reduce the likelihood of attacks, and improve our digital confidence. I'm your host, Claudette McGowan. How often do you go out to eat, to the movies, or to a sporting event and pay by credit card? If you're like 80% of the population, Debit or credit cards are your preferred method of payment when you're out and about. It's not hard to grasp why so many people prefer to pay by a card over cash. It's quick, convenient, and cleaner than handling bills and coins. But like with everything we do, there are always degrees of risk that we should keep in mind, and in this case, I'm talking about electronic pickpocketing. Thanks to the advent of radio frequency identification, RFID technology, we now have the convenience of tap payments. However, this technology is used by bad actors for all the wrong reasons, particularly common in public areas like airports, bus terminals, and stadiums. Bad actors use electronic pickpocketing techniques to steal people's credit card information while going undetected. On this episode, we'll explore how electronic pickpocketing works, its impacts, and how you can protect yourself the next time you're making a purchase just in a high-traffic public zone. First, what is electronic pickpocketing really? How does it work? And most importantly, how can it impact you? Zane is the Senior Manager for the Cyber Assurance Program at TD, also known as the Red Team. Part of his role is to mimic the methods of potential adversaries. In other words, he's an ethical hacker. Zane shared a description of e-pickpocketing and the technology that makes it all possible. You hear stories about people taking people's wristwatches off of their wrist as they're talking to them or, or stealing their wallet out of their back pocket or their purse, right? Physically taking the cards and then using them. And with technology, like it's always changing, it's always getting better. It's usually getting more intrusive as well, right? So now our banking is all online. So digital pickpocketing to me is the ability for an adversary or, or thief to steal your money electronically. So if it's over the RFID connections or the signals from your your card, as opposed to actually physically getting a hold of your card, right? It's the same as stealing your money. Like if you had money in your wallet, like physically pickpocketing you, right? So skimmers on ATMs, those overlays they put on an ATM looks legitimate. You put your card in there. It's just skimming off your bank info and they can come back and clone those cards and make purchases, right? Wayne Ronhar is the CEO of Silentium, a company specializing in cybersecurity, cyber cloaking, and invisibility. Kind of like the invisibility cloak from Harry Potter, but for Ethernet and wireless networks. Wayne also shared his definition of e-pickpocketing and why it's such a common cybercrime today. 
I don't physically take your wallet. I, I'm not interested in your wallet. I'm interested in the information inside the wallet, your pocket, or that's on your presence, and how I can, with electronic devices, I can scan it and capture it. Because if I can capture your credit card, I can uh, run over to Nordstrom's and buy a new suit before you realize it. And by the time you figure it out, I'm already gone wearing it and out to dinner. Electronic pickpocketing is a frightening form of cybercrime because it's so casual and it's so prevalently available to anybody. In basic form, it is stealing credit card information off of your person while not touching you. To fully understand e-pickpocketing, we first need to back up a few steps and take a look at the technology that makes it possible, RFID. RFID is basically defined as radio frequency identification. If you take that technology and go way back, it was actually invented a long time ago. It was a hot buzz term in the manufacturing and the shipping world back in the days where we used to put radio frequency identification tags on containers and boxes and various things because we could have scanners and we could run uh, a thousand boxes down a conveyor belt in one minute and scan them all. And that's where e-pocketing comes into play. They capitalize on that radio frequency. We're all familiar with the TAP function when it comes to quick payments, but did you know that RFID technology can make you susceptible to e-pickpocketing even when you're not making a payment? Bad actors will take advantage of this vulnerability by stealing small sums at a time, just like regular pickpockets. It's used almost everywhere. Um, like even your TV remotes are RFID, sending the signal from the remote to your TV to change the channel, for example, right? So our new cards to allow for tap and pay and stuff like that kind of that kind of stuff. It, the RFID signal has your information and your banking information in there to complete that transaction. But the thing is, with our cards, they're constantly sending the signal out, looking for a response, right? So it's constantly going. It's almost like your home Wi-Fi. It's constantly being pushed out there, waiting for someone to make a connection, right? So when you have your card, like your bank card in your wallet, it's constantly sending out its signal until it makes a connection with a point of sale device. What adversaries are able to do from that, they usually have to be pretty close to you, depending on the signal, right? But if you have a high gain antenna, you can lengthen that distance, but being within Six feet of someone is not hard, right? You're sitting on a train or sitting on a bus or just walking downtown, right? You can walk by someone. And what adversaries are able to do is have a, their own wireless point of sale device is like the easiest way to do it. Um, and you walk by someone and you initiate a transaction with their card. And it's basically the same situation as you tapping at a store. But the point of sale system is open with a transaction for a set amount of money. Um, usually the maximum, we're at $100 here in Ontario. So the max you could do is $100 a time. But it's basically replaying that same connection. So your card has no way of knowing whether it's legitimate or not. It's just sending the signal out, it makes a connection, sends over the banking information and completes the transaction. So you walking down the street or sitting in a park on a bench and someone sits next to you, you wouldn't even know that the transaction took place, right? Typically, it's it's not like nation state actors 
getting $100 out of someone's bank account is not worth the, the effort, right? They're going to do the big campaigns, right? Go after the big businesses and, and try to get re, like a lot of money, right? Um, so typically it's smaller actors trying to get small amounts of money um, from you, right? And, and it could be anywhere. So like even at a park, like the example I, I gave was sitting on a park bench and someone sits next to you, they put their bag next to you and it makes a $100 transaction, they could be sitting there the whole time and just having that on loop, right? So they, by the time they're done, maybe they have $1,000 out of your bank account or they take, they take it all. Many of us know someone who's been the target of this type of cyber scam if we haven't been on the receiving end ourselves. Zane shared a story of a friend who experienced electronic pickpocketing recently at a gas station in Toronto. So he went into Toronto, drove there, and then had to get gas, and he went to a gas station never been to before. And the funny thing was that day he called me because he already felt weird because he he paid at the pump. And when he left, he just had a feeling that uh, something was off, and he's asked me what he should do, right? So I said, well, you can call your bank and get a new card preemptively if you think so, or just keep an eye on your bank and see if there's any weird transactions that come out, right? And then what ended up happening was, it was literally all just for gas purchases. So I don't know who who got his information from that gas station, either sold his card information or or uh, shared it around. And he had like three or four different gas purchases that were like $200. And it was like Quebec and it was Northern Ontario, but it was all within a short period of time. So there was no way you could physically make those transactions in the time frame that it that it, they were made, and plus, he's like, my car, it doesn't, it can't take two hundred dollars worth of gas. So, what, what am I doing with that? Uh, so basically, you have to call the bank, lock the card, close it down, get a new card. Although electronic pickpocketing doesn't typically involve a physical break-in or altercation, it can still make victims feel frustrated, violated, or even unsafe. It's like if someone broke into your house and stole something, you might not care about what, if they stole your TV, you might not care about the TV itself. It's just the fact that it happened, right? Someone invaded your space and (laughs) took your stuff, right? He wasn't embarrassed about it or anything like that. I think he was just more frustrated that it happened and it was so easy. And the amount of money, like the transactions that happened so quickly right after, like if he wasn't paying attention, how long would that have gone on for? Maybe you don't look at your bank, you're retired, and maybe you don't use your bank very often. And how long would those tra- transactions go on before you you would notice, right? So, yeah, it was more just frustrating, I think. Luckily, Zane's friend recognized the issue right away and called his bank to sort things out. Initially, he called his bank first, walked them through the transactions and said, these ones weren't mine, called out these specific transactions, told them about how he went to go get gas, told him what gas station he was at. So at least he felt weird in that situation. So at least he knew potentially where it happened. So he gave them that information and instantly they just locked the card so that no transactions can happen. And they just told them you can either come to a branch and they can just reactivate a new card or they can mail one out. So he chose just for speed, go to the branch, just get a new card and throw the old one out. So it was pretty smooth and, and painless to get back up and running, but still have to go through that process, right? As technology continues to weave its way into our daily lives, we need to stay vigilant and adopt smart strategies to avoid being the target 
of cybercrimes like e-pickpocketing. Our experts shared a few of their top tips and best practices when it comes to dodging the efforts of pickpockets while in public, at home, or abroad. When I travel, I try not to use my card, especially if you're going to like different countries and things like that. Um, but if you are going to use your card, the one thing I always tell people is try to keep your eyes on it at all times, right? So if you go to a restaurant and you're going to use your credit card or your debit to pay for dinner, I know, I think this is more common in the States than it is in Canada, where they'll take your card to the back room, try to use cash as much as possible if you can. They now have like wallets and purses that have RFID protections built in. So what I recommend to everyone, like everyone who talks to me about how do I protect my bank cards, I always point them to the slim metal wallets or even like the, the metal sleeves, right? So if you have a purse, you put them in there because there's no threads to, to kind of open up over time, right? So I've had a lot more success with the, the hard type wallets and the hard type cases for cards as long-term protection. And then it makes it impossible. You can't you can't skim data off of those ones. Everybody can go into their bank account now and turn on all of your notifications. Turn that notification on. It says anything with a deposit, a withdrawal, or a charge over zero dollars. In other words, one penny. Send me a text message, not an email, because you may not see it right away. But if you're getting text messages, and if I was standing in a movie theater line and somebody tap me and I didn't know it. And my phone goes, ping, you just got charged for this. I go, whoa, wait a minute. So now I know immediately, I can immediately tell the bank that's a fraudulent charge so I can protect myself. It's not a case of, it's a defensive, but using those notifications, that's number one. Although we can all aim to stay safe and vigilant whenever we're making purchases online or in person, sometimes, the hackers will get the best of you. Zane outlined some of the first steps you should take if you think you might have been electronically pickpocketed. First thing you should do is call your bank. Go look at the transactions. Is there anything that you didn't make? And call those out on that call. Specifically, give them dates, times, the name of the uh, the business. You know how it comes up with where whichever company made the transaction, give that full name, including the numbers and everything, because the forensics department will take that information and see if they're seeing that kind of transaction anywhere else or if they've seen it in the past. Now with online banking, customers also have the option to lock a card. Technology is always evolving, so you never know what new advancements might be on the horizon when it comes to RFID. However, Wayne explains some of the reasons why cyber crimes like electronic pickpocketing are still happening, despite our best efforts to prevent them. There's a lot of work on RFID, but, but there's no way to secure that. The only thing that we're starting to do is get more complicated encryption keys. But then you've got the problem is you've got thousands of point of sale systems and and thousands of credit card readers and thousands of the cost. There, there's no overarching government body that says, here's one standard. Everybody conform to that. And we can protect it. And again, even though the technology gets brought out from a defensive point of view, the offensive guys are going to deconstruct it within six months. So technology is always an ever ending, never ending story. It's a behavior modification. 
I mean, in the cards, one of the things that we're now doing more in, in cards, you have this chip. The advent of this was because the RFID tags were getting tagged. So now you slide this in and it reads this. The only way I can read it is if you, if you put it in and you're only going to put it in if it's in your hands. So there's a 99% chance that Wayne's card is in Wayne's hand and it's a legitimate charge. Now, that is kind of how the cards are starting to circumvent the RFID tap problem. But then if you go into the supermarket or you go into, into Starbucks, what do they have? They got the little credit card machine and what do they have right on top? In big words, tap. So even the point of sale systems encouraging the wrong behavior. And we're just going to go, yada, yada, yada. Okay, that's what I need to do. And we're just going to follow them. As society becomes increasingly reliant on technology in our day-to-day lives, it will be all the more important to learn defensive strategies and keep strong safeguards in place. To recap, here are three key insights from this episode. Electronic pickpocketing can happen to anyone, anywhere. Given the nature of RFID technology, pickpockets don't have to wait for you to make a purchase. So it's important to stay vigilant while in public places or traveling. To avoid being the target of e-pickpocketing, you can try defensive strategies like using a special wallet to safeguard your RFID signal. But if you think you might have been pickpocketed, call your provider right away so they can help you with any suspicious activity. And finally, technology is an ever-evolving process and we can never know what advancements are on the horizon. But as technology improves, bad actors are also keeping pace. Be sure to take advantage of notification services so you are in the loop about any transaction in real time. Thank you to Wayne and Zane for sharing your expert knowledge. And thank you for listening to C-Suite. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This is the final episode of Season 2 of C-Suite. We'll be back for Season 3 with more stories from real people, leaders, and cybersecurity experts to help you stay safe online. I'm Claudette McGowan. And remember, with over 4 billion of us online, we have to do everything possible to keep ourselves connected and protected.